0: During last year's Senior Bowl, I brought you my tinfoil hat theory about how the New Orleans Saints were going to make Derek Carr their next starting quarterback this year. We have a better understanding for how long the Saints and Derek Carr will be together. We got all of that and a little bit of land yap for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, that Nation and Huda family? I am your host, Ross Jackson, New Orleans native, and of course, New Orleans Saints expert credentialed media member covering the New Orleans Saints as the senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, I'm going to give you my seven round senior bowl only mock drafts just so you get an idea of where some of these senior bowl candidates that fit with New Orleans would land in the draft. And we're going to also be taking a look at how these sort of Landscape has changed around the offensive coordinator search especially with two teams now filling their offensive coordinator role and a third already rumored to have a front runner but to kick things off we're going to take a look at just how much longer the New Orleans Saints and Derek Carr will be tied together after some big breaking news here at the Senior Bowl appreciate you very much for making locked on Saints your first listen of the day everyday and free being an everyday or here as a part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. So post your job for free today at LinkedIn.com. slash so Locked on NFL, terms and conditions apply. Well, what we learned in Mobile, Alabama this year is that it's very likely that the New Orleans Saints and quarterback Derek Carr will be tied together at least through the 2025 NFL season. Why do we know this? Well, it's all thanks to our good friend Luke Johnson from over at NOLA.com who put out the report that the Saints were planning to do exactly what it is that we expected, which is restructure Derek Carr's contract going into the 2024 season. So let's break down some of those numbers and I'll explain why it is that that would mean them not only being married to the quarterback in 2024, but also for 2025 as well, unless things go drastically down south, which will also explain sort of how that would work out as well. So Derek Carr's owed around a cap hit right now of thirty five point seven or so million dollars in 2023, or excuse me, 2024. The states could take some portion of that contract, break it all the way down to the 1.21 minimum deal, take all the rest of that money, turn it into a signing bonus, and either expand that cost over the existing or the remaining years of the contract, or they could tack on another void year and then go ahead and kind of increase or decrease uh that annual spending a little bit more. All that told, right before we we don't need to dig into all those numbers just yet, but if the Saints did that, they save over 20 million dollars, around 21 million dollars or so if they don't add a void year, it goes a little bit higher if they do add another void year. I would expect them to add another void year. So, why does that end up tying them to Derek Carr not only for 2024, but for 2025? Well, that's because come 2025 If you ended up moving on from Derek Carr, you'd have to pay a heck of a bill if you moved on from him during that 2025 offseason. You'd end up tacking on a ton of dead cap, and that's before all of the dead cap that's already invested in some of the Saints' older players that might not be around in 2025 either. The Cam Jordans, the Demario Davis of the world, so on and so forth. So this would be a pretty big hit to take in 2025 if you're the New Orleans Saints, with this quarterback contract that you've restructured and then would be sort of fronting and sort of escalating everything or advancing all the money that you owe to a single year. Now, if things go terribly in 2024, and then you're making the decision to maybe move on from your head coach, and therefore you're making the decision to move on from the quarterback, you're probably already in dire straits enough to just accept the fact that you've got to take the cap hit You've got to take the rest of the cap hits, have a reset year in 2025, and then get going in 2026, 2027. That would be something that maybe the Saints could make a decision on if they have a just awful 2024. But if they have a good 2024, they have a good 2025, then all of this kind of blows over and it's totally fine. But this is exactly what we expected the New Orleans Saints to do. They built this contract for Derek Carr specifically tailored to the idea that they're going to be able to restructure 30 million dollar base salary Um, there's a roster bonus built in later on and all these other things expect all that to be restructured and expect as long as the saints and Derek carr feel that they're performing the way that they want to perform or feel that wherever they're not performing doesn't have anything to do with the quarterback that come 2025 they might restructure the contract again because he's got another big base salary that year too effectively tying them to the quarterback then again For 2026, or at least keeping him on the books until nearly the 2030 years, right? 2028, 2027, 2028, somewhere there. So no matter what, you're going to have Derek Carr's name on your ledger for years to come. But it's a value if he's playing for you and he's playing well. The value drops if that player that you've got on your list for a long time isn't playing well. The fact of the matter is that New Orleans Saints know exactly what it is that they want to do restructure-wise, contract-wise, salary cap-wise here going into the 2024 season. They know what it is that they'd like to do in 2025. They know what it is they'd like to do in 2026, and so on and so forth. It's not like, and I say this every year, it's not like the Saints just wake up in February and go, oh no, we have to get under the salary cap, or that they wake up on March 12th and go, we have to get under the salary cap, and we're how far over? And we have to do it by tomorrow? It's not like it's some big shock to them. They've got five, six, seven, 12 years planned out ahead of them financially in terms of what percentage of their salary cap are they allotting for dead cap from previous years, which then allows them to kick things into future years later on down the road. So they have a plan for it. And what the names are that are attached to that dead cap money only really becomes important when you're talking about guys that are 35, 36, 37, 40 something years old like Drew Brees that are remaining on your deals or remaining on your books for you know ample years. So this could turn out to be absolutely horrible for the New Orleans Saints, but if they get good play out of Derek Carr, if they find the right offensive coordinator, if they get the offensive coordinator that can bring an offensive system in that plays to Derek Carr's strengths, they get good quarterback play from him, they invest in a young quarterback in each of the next few drafts just so that they're trying out potential succession plans and all these other things. If they play their cards right, then this could just simply be... The move that they made that we look back in three years and go, oh, yeah, they restructured his contract. That makes sense. You know what I mean? But then we would add in all of the negative context if things don't go well. So effectively, what you should expect, at least as of right now, is that number four will be QB1 here in New Orleans or not here in New Orleans, I'm in Mobile, but in New Orleans for 2024 and 2025 at least. Remember, his contract was a four-year deal through 2026. With some void years, things like that, that were also added on to it. So it's not entirely surprising. The thing that would be very interesting, though, is what happens after the third year or what happens if 2024 goes just disastrously, right? Do you keep Derek Carr, make the change elsewhere, and then try to find a coach that's going to come in and work with him? Or do you cut bait, take the hit, kind of do what it is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were doing this year and taking all of those cap hits that they did to, you know, try to build around Tom Brady, have Tom Brady, all these other things, go out, get the one-year deal on the quarterback, and look, it worked out well for them. They made a playoff run. The Saints might not have that kind of luck, but you can see the vision of like, all right, got to just eat it, and then we can continue to pick up after the next year. So it's going to be interesting to see, but as of right now, you should expect to see Derek Carr, number four, as your QB1 for 2024 and 2025, unless things go absolutely disastrously uh, in between that time. Coming up next, uh, the New Orleans Saints are closer on the offensive coordinator search, it feels, and they got a little bit of help from two teams that had open OC positions hiring OC candidates that weren't on the New Orleans Saints list. We'll update the landscape of the offensive coordinator search around the entire NFL. Coming up next as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints for the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Nissan. If you're the type of person that wants to find out what kind of adventure is right around the corner, Nissan has a trio of SUVs that are going to be fantastic for you, especially right here with these 2024 Classes. Let's start with the Nissan Rogue. It's the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. It comes with an eight excuse me, a 12.3 inch HD uh display and everything for everything that you need. And of course, it's got the Google assistant on some of the different classes there that allow you to have that sort of always updating assistant to call upon for anything and everything that you need. You would also check out the 2024 Nissan Armada, which is great in terms of exploring sort of you're, you're getting out there and exploring further, maybe some towing and things like that. You're talking about a full-size SUV that will change your expectations of what a full-size SUV is. The Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, and Nissan Armada are here to help you find your next big adventure. So shop now today at NissanUSA.com. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Hey, the New Orleans Saints Offensive Coordinator Search I actually just got maybe a little bit easier, even with a new contestant entering the ring. We got that coming up for you here as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. We appreciate you very much for making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to go and check out the Locked on Sports Today 24-7 national sports YouTube stream, the first of its kind over on YouTube. You can find it over at Locked on Sports Today. Go and subscribe. Be a part of history. All right. So as we take a look at the updated landscape of where the New Orleans Saints sit when it comes to the offensive coordinator searches around the league, the Saints are actually kind of a a little bit of an improved place. I'm not going to say that the tunnel is completely set up and clear for them to get the big hire of a Clint Kubiak, for instance, but I will say they did get a little bit of help here over the course of Thursday. So the New England Patriots which I had ranked ahead of the New Orleans Saints in terms of landing spots by one spot. I had them third on the six spots that were open. And then the Las Vegas Raiders, who I had ranked fifth right behind the New Orleans Saints, um, they both hired their offensive coordinators now. So you've seen Alex Van Pelt head over to the New England Patriots, and then you've seen Cliff Kingsbury head over to the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, you might remember that Cliff Kingsbury was a guy that I put on the New Orleans Saints please avoid list when it came to offensive coordinator. The New Orleans Saints don't have the players to run. Nor Okay, so the New Orleans Saints don't have the players. They don't have the free agency pool. They don't have the draft capital. And I'm not sure that they have the money to really be able to adequately and successfully run a Cliff Kingsbury air raid offense. Would have been a horrible, horrible fit here in New Orleans. Derek Carr, a bad offensive line that's allowing a lot of pressure here over the course of the past couple of years. You got three wide receivers on contract. You, what, who's your, what's your five wide? What's your five wide? What's your empty backfield five wide? And why are you lining up in an empty backfield when you've got Alvin Kamara, right? Like, and then you have a defense that would have to effectively deal with so many three and outs, deal with so many big chunk play type things where they're having to come out. Like you don't have the defense. It's going to like the style of defense that you play, Ben, don't break man heavy. It demands a lot from those defensive players. So then to give them the offensive system that's trying to get off the field in one to two minutes. Not a great look for a defense that you're already demanding and asking so much of. And they do a good job of what it is that they're being asked of. But that would have just put them in a really bad situation, in my opinion. So I'm actually glad to see Cliff Kingsbury off the board because I wouldn't have wanted him to end up being the guy in New Orleans. So now you've got two spots that are full, which leaves the Los Angeles Chargers, the Tampa Buccaneers the Washington Commanders, the New Orleans Saints, and the Tennessee Titans left on the list. Now, remember, the Tennessee Titans aren't looking for a play caller so because they've got Brian Callahan as their offensive head coach who will call plays. So I wouldn't worry about that spot. So there's four spots really remaining left over now, uh, including the New Orleans Saints, and assuming the Washington Commanders actually open up their offensive coordinator search. Remember, they could just stick with Eric Bieniemy, who's already there, and if they don't do that, the front runner in Washington, which I should say, Cliff King, or excuse me, um, Clint Kubiak, is high on that Washington Commanders list from everything that I've picked up here in Mobile and talking to some other folks and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, the name that's on the list right now that seems to be in heavy consideration for Dan Quinn and the Washington Commanders is actually Chip Kelly. Yeah, that Chip Kelly, former Philadelphia Eagles, Chip Kelly, former UCLA, Chip Kelly. That guy, actually an opportunity to potentially get back to the NFL and doing so with a pretty stout defense over there in Washington could be really interesting, but that helps the New Orleans Saints as well, because that effectively means you got the Los Angeles Chargers and you got the Tampa Buccaneers and then the New Orleans Saints. And so if the commanders do indeed go with Chip Kelly or stick with Eric Bieniemy, they're in a pretty good spot to be able to land who I believe is their top guy in Clint Kubiak. You look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's very likely, it's not a very desirable job as we've been able to kind of pick up here, uh, but it's likely that they go to their quarterback coach, Thad Lewis, and elevate him to offensive coordinator. When it comes to Los Angeles, that's going to be such an interesting one to see where Jim Harbaugh wants to go. He's going to want control. He's going to want to be able to handpick his person. The only person that they've interviewed so far is Marcus Brady, so we don't really know where they're going, but that could be an ideal landing spot for a Shanahan-type offense. That a guy like Clint Kubiak could potentially bring to New Orleans or a guy, or excuse me, to Los Angeles, or a guy like Brian Greasy could potentially bring to Los Angeles. So, uh, what I'll say is that the Saints are in a better position here today on Friday than they were yesterday on Thursday, right? Or on Wednesday when we last looked at sort of this ranking of where the Saints sit. So, I would consider them maybe, you know, in effectively a running of three, maybe four teams going for. A top guy. And I, I'm not sure that all of them are going for that top guy. Los Angeles has interviewed like one person, and that's Marcus Brady. Uh, Tampa's interviewed and requested to interview guys like Clint Kubiak and all that, but it seems like that's not become as desirable a job as maybe we all thought that it might be with a Mike Evans and a Baker Mayfield and a, and a Chris Godwin and a good defense and all that. Doesn't seem like it's as desirable. So maybe they end up going with the in house promotion instead of hiring from outside. So then it's really just down to the New Orleans Saints and Los Angeles Chargers. And it feels like the Chargers with Jim Harbaugh, they're going to want to just go out and pick somebody that Jim Harbaugh already has experience with. That seems likely to me. So the Saints are actually kind of in good shape as of right now, fingers crossed. Doesn't mean that they're going to land the guy that they want. Doesn't mean that Clint Kubiak doesn't just say, you know what, I'm going to do another year here in San Francisco. Don't worry about it, all that. But um, I mean, he's the last kind of tier one guy That's left out there, and so if they don't get Clint Kubiak, they got to go down to a tier two, tier three guy, and it's going to be tough um, to really inspire some excitement in the fan base. Now, the other thing that could be very interesting here is that let's say that the let's say that the Chargers do get Clint Kubiak. Let's say that that's who they actually wanted, even though I haven't interviewed him or requested to interview him. That's who they actually wanted, and somehow they they pull it off, right? So let's say that happens. Let's say that Tampa elevates Thad Lewis, and then let's say that the Washington Commanders do indeed hire Chip Kelly. Well, now all of a sudden Eric Bieniemy is available. Now Eric Bieniemy, okay, some things to worry about there. Doesn't utilize running backs out of the backfield in the passing game very much, all that, but certain tenets have to change as you grow, right? You're not going to do the exact same thing that you did in Washington, wherever you end up. So that could be an interesting one or an exciting one, but that also could be a guy that comes in and Eric Bieniemy, if the commanders hire Chip Kelly, let's say today or Saturday or something like that. And then Eric bien becomes available. Maybe that distracts a little bit for a Los Angeles Chargers team that's like, no, we want that guy, right? Like we've seen him in the division. We know what it is that he can do in the AFC West, get him in with a young quarterback. We saw what he did with uh, Patrick Mahomes, even though he wasn't calling plays there, but who cares? Give him the opportunity here. Maybe they just consider that a better setup with a better quarterback and a better head coach than what the Washington Commanders had to offer in Eric bien first year as a play caller in 2023. So it could be really interesting if Eric Biannimi kind of enters the chat a little bit here, and it could work in the New Orleans Saints' favor either by giving them another good candidate or by pulling the attention of the other teams that say, no, never mind. that's who we're going to go after, and then boom, the Saints get the opportunity to go after Clint Kubiak. I really think that the Saints potentially make whatever hire they're looking at after the Super Bowl, that seems most likely. Um, and right now things are kind of going their way if Clint Kubiak's really the guy that they want, which as I understand it, he should be at least their top candidate. So, um, not too bad for new Orleans, but certainly not done yet when it comes to the offensive coordinator search. All right, coming up next seven round mock draft. We'll go through it pretty quick. All senior bowl all the time. So we're doing a bunch of different picks from the senior bowl, not really predictive, but just to give you an idea of where some of the candidates you're going to be hearing about up until the combine are set to land when it comes to the NFL draft. We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode of Locked On Saints brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is to help you find the qualified candidates you wanna talk to faster and for free. It's the new year, 2024. Every small business is asking the same questions. What's the one thing that I can do to take my small business to the next level? And LinkedIn knows that your success is all about the success of the people that you surround yourself with. You see, LinkedIn isn't just your everyday job board or anything like that. It's a vast network of over a billion different professionals, billion, B-I-L-L-I-O-N. So when you've got a big network like that, you ain't just talking about some little posting job board or anything. This is life changing, uh, uh, career trajectory changing stuff right here over at LinkedIn. And they know that small businesses are wearing so many different hats, so they wanna give you the resources that you need to be able to make the right hire. And thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive quick and easy. So post your job for free today at LinkedIn.com. So it's Locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com. So it's Locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode of Locked on Saints also brought to you by our friends over at DoorDash. Just a couple seconds ago, I finished recording a piece of the show and then I said, oh, nito burrito. And when I said nito burrito, I thought to myself, man, I could really go for a burrito. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hop on a DoorDash. I'm going to order Mobile's best burrito and I'm going to have it delivered right here to my spot because I don't feel like leaving the house. I had a long three days at practice. I'm good. I don't need to go anywhere. So I, I, I just want to be taken care of and I'm going to let DoorDash do the pampering today and bring me over a burrito. So whether you're looking at the local eateries or maybe some chains that you can always rely on, whether you're in town, out of town, DoorDash has you covered. And right now as a new customer, you're going to be able to get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first DoorDash order. All you got to do is download the DoorDash app and use the promo code LOCKED23. 2-3, LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, that's promo code locked 23 for 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first purchase on the DoorDash app. Let's get it, that Nation. If the New Orleans Saints wanted to do a full, draft of just senior bowl prospects. The crop of senior bowl players this year is so good that they would actually be able to get it done and have a decent draft class. going to give you an example of what that would look like, quote unquote, with a little bit of fun. We're doing a themed seven round mock draft to wrap up today's show. Appreciate you as always for making Locked On Saints a part of your day every day. And don't forget we are your team every day. So we'll be here throughout the weekend. If there's any big news to keep you caught up on, Otherwise, Monday, Mock Draft Monday, we're going to get it all broken down for you with a fresh mock. And that one we won't do just Senior Bowl. We'll do a full seven-round mock draft, our full, like, in earnest seven-round mock drafts. So make sure you come back for that. So let's take a look at this seven-round mock. This is also our first seven-round mock, but this one's themed, right? So we're doing Senior Bowl only. The The intent behind this is a scenario or uh, an exploration of where Senior Bowl prospects that you're going to be hearing about for the next couple of weeks. Because the Senior Bowl, it's three practices but it gives everybody in the draft circle four weeks of just takes on takes on takes, right? Guys to plant your flag on. You're going to hear about the my guys and all the other stuff. I'm going to be probably a little bit more cautious here because we've seen the way that some of these senior bowl prospects have worked for New Orleans or haven't worked for New Orleans. But I do want to do this because I think that you know the Saints are going to draft their senior bowl guys. So let's figure out, just sort of take a look at where in the draft order as of right now, these players are projected to go and how the Saints could get it done. So let's start off here at pick 14, first round. I went Leatu Latu, the UCLA edge rusher. Dude's phenomenal. He was super fun to watch. He was easily the best edge rusher by a mile to watch here at the Senior Bowl. Super mature, too. Good makeup, like really, really good head on his shoulders. Uh, you know, talking to people, getting advice from former players and everything. Like, it, it, you, they had some media members that were former players that Latu talked to and was like, give me some advice. Like, he's just craving coaching. He loves the game so much. That goes a long way. That goes a long way. And hey, 20 was it 24 sacks in two years? Not bad production either, right? So, this dude is the truth. Um, he was medically retired before he transferred over to UCLA. So, I'm really interested to see how the medicals check out. Every, you know, they'll do some medical stuff at the combine and then every team that he visits with will also do some medical stuff with them, I'm sure. But we know the Saints ain't really had much trouble drafting people with medical histories and things like that. So I don't think that that would take Leatu Latu off the board for them in round one if he's there. And if one of those top tackles like a, a Talise Fuaga, for instance, isn't there and stuff like that. So uh, right now I got Leatu Latu going to the Saints at 14 in this exercise. Uh, in the second round, pick forty-five, Patrick Paul, the big defense. Or excuse me, offensive tackle out of Houston, six foot seven, three hundred and thirty-two pounds, bulked up from about three nineteen. Was kind of his playing weight over the course of the season. The dude was a mauler all throughout the Senior Bowl. Um, just outstanding. And the thing that I love about him so much is that he's six foot seven. He's a big dude, but none of these pass rushers could get underneath him. Like he sinks so low, drops his leverage. Does a very good job of like lowering his center of gravity, staying upright. I don't think I ever saw him on the ground at all. Pancaked a couple other people. He was a lot of fun to watch. Um, next up in the this the look, PFF still has one of the comp picks as a fourth round. So I, again, I tried to grab somebody that makes sense in the fourth or fifth. So with wide receiver out of Georgia, uh, Marcus Roseme Jack Saint, which is like in competition for first team all name uh, in this year's draft. Really great name there. Uh, but like six foot one, uh, 206-ish pounds, somewhere around there. Big body guy that can you know create a little bit of separation, but also just has the ability to be strong at the catch point. He's got some strong hands. He did have one pass go off of his hands. I think it was being delivered by Michael Pratt, the two-lane quarterback. Went off of his hands and into the hands of a defender. It's kind of outside of his frame. Like none of, these, none of these quarterbacks really look good to me, uh, if I'm being honest. Actually, one did. One did, but I'm going to get to him in a little bit. Uh, one quarterback looked good to me throughout the, uh, throughout the senior bowl practices, but, uh, Marcus Roseme Jack Saint, regardless of which quarterback he was working with, continued to make some plays, uh, good late hands, soft hands as well, strong hands when he needs them. There's, there's really, really good stuff, uh, throughout there. Then I went safety, uh, in the fifth round, Cole Bishop out of Utah, six foot two, 200 pounds. I happen to know this is a guy that. You know, a lot of a de- lot of defensive people really like, um, I know a lot of scouts liked him as well, had a good showing here at the senior bowl, really active player does a bunch of different stuff, box safety, drop back, whatever. Um, really, really good player. Great size at the NFL level as well. So it feels like he's going to be a guy that's going to translate. I don't know what's going to happen with the new Orleans saints at safety this year. Will they have Marcus May? Will they not have Marcus May? My honest opinion is save the money, move on from them. You've got guys like Jonathan Abram and Jordan Howden and Lonnie Johnson that all played well. You got to get Jordan Howden. I mean, sorry, my bad. You got to get um, Jonathan Abram. You got to get Lonnie Johnson back. But they've got good relationships with those guys. I can see them getting that done. And then maybe adding some more youth uh, at the position could go a long way. And a Cole Bishop is a guy that makes sense there. Uh, at the first compensatory selection in round five, so it's around the 170 area, uh, Cody Schrader, the running back out of Missouri, um, him and Kamani Vidal, the running back out of Troy, make a lot of sense at this area with the comp picks in the fifth round. Um, I like Cody Schrader. He hasn't caught a lot of passes during his time in Missouri. It was just over like 20 passes. So it's kind of uh, reminiscent of Kendra Miller in that area of the game. But if you're going to bring in a, 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 a Clint Kubiak or somebody that's going to bring in some of the wide zone stuff, you're going to have a lot of outside zone runs. That's where Cody Schrader makes a ton of sense. He runs it textbook. He's teach tape for how to be a running back and choose whether or not to, you know, bin banger or or or, um, or bounce and all that, like having those options, making the right choices, all that. He was a ton of fun. And we got to see him catch some more passes here in Mobile. Looked completely comfortable getting that done. Uh, wrapping up the fifth round here, I went with Notre Dame cornerback Cam heart. another big body dude 6 foot 1, 6 foot 2, 200 plus pounds. He's a say, or he's a corner that I know again was on a lot of radars, a lot of folks were watching him and liked what they saw from him. Big, physical, can match up with the physical receivers but has the athleticism to be able to transition. Uh his hip transitions really good as well. Him going from the the back pedal to, you know, sprinting downfield and all that did a lot of really really good stuff. There were some really good corners out here. Kalen King was a lot of fun. Um Yon uh, Mitchell was awesome uh, all throughout the week, but Cam Hart was another guy that absolutely stood out to me for sure. Uh, going to the sixth round, I went Javion Cohen, the Miami guard. I still think investing in the interior makes sense for New Orleans. Cohen looked really, really good throughout the week. You know, had some ups and downs, things like that. But look, he's a day three guy. You're going to expect some ups and downs. The intent, I don't think, would be to draft him to start. I don't even think that he would be ahead of Nick Saldaveri, but you want to build some depth, you want to build some developmental guys, Javion Clowney is a really, really good one that I think has like a pretty good step forward and should be able to translate to the next level. Falls perfectly where the Saints love their offensive lineman. He's about six foot four, 319. He's like right in the right area for them right there. And then finally, to wrap up this draft, I went with Carter Bradley, the quarterback out of South Alabama. I've seen a lot of people fall in love with Spencer Rattler over the course of this draft. I don't see it. I'm sorry. He had a couple of nice like locations and stuff like that, but there's nothing you're gonna do in three days that takes you from being a UDFA to being a second round pick for me. It's just not gonna happen. Senior Bowl c- brings a lot of hype around players. I get it, and I told you all I wasn't gonna overreact one way or another when it came to what we saw. Uh, but I will say that like Carter Bradley, I think is the guy that if I'm gonna roll the dice on somebody, let me go and roll the dice on the six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pound quarterback that's got good ball placement. That's got good anticipation, that gets the ball out, that communicates with those receivers, all that good stuff. He's a dude that I actually really enjoyed watching. Um, and I think that the Saints should take swings at quarterbacks every single year moving forward. Take swings at quarterbacks, take swings at offensive line and see if you hit, right? Like you're gonna miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take, right? Um, I don't think you're looking at Carter Bradley as a guy that you draft in the sixth, seventh round and say, oh, he's gonna be our next starter, blah, blah, blah. It's not really that. It's just To get him in the building, see what he's got. And then if you don't like it, you move on. Like, he doesn't even have to make the roster. He's a sixth, seventh round pick. It's no big deal. But get a look and then see what's there. He's got the NFL build, he's got the NFL arm. Those are things that the Saints tend to draft guys that don't have those things, but that are overachievers because of other things that they do. Stop that. Go out and get a dude that makes sense. Carter Bradley is one of those dudes that's got a few of the sort of natural traits that you can't teach that make it like, hey, he's a guy that could potentially work in the NFL. And if not, no sweat, no sweat. You didn't really burn a ton on him. So that's our seven round mock draft here. Leatu Latu out of UCLA, the edge rusher, Patrick Paul, the Houston tackle, uh, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, the Georgia wide receiver, Cole Bishop, the Utah safety, Cody Schrader, the Missouri running back, Cam Hart, the cornerback out of Notre Dame, JV Cohen, the Miami Florida uh, Miami hurricane guard, and then Carter Bradley, the quarterback out of South Alabama, I believe he was at Toledo before that. So that's our mock. We'll have a brand new one for you on Monday for our mock draft Monday. That one won't be senior bowl only though. That one will do a little bit more of an exercise, no trades yet. We'll get to that in a couple of weeks, but we got mock draft Monday coming up after the weekend and maybe more depending upon how things move for the saints over the course of this weekend. We appreciate you very much for making locked on saints. Your first listen of the day for your second listen, locked on Pelicans. Locked on LSU, locked on Louisiana, doing it like nobody else. Louisiana versus all y'all. Come at me, rest of you locked on markets. You ain't got nothing on us. We appreciate you so much for making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine, for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing, let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.